The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus. The name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. After the announcement was made that Mary was going to be the mother of God, the angel Gabriel departed from her. Do you find that odd? See, I find that very odd. I find that very strange. Don't you think that the angel would want to have a follow-up, maybe uh, some protocol, maybe to talk a little bit about the events that are going to be happening, maybe a phone call, an email, because uh, maybe she needs some pertinent information. For instance, if I was the angel Gabriel, I want to go back to her and say, look, at, you know, the birth of the, your child is going to take place in Bethlehem, smack dab in the middle of a shepherd's field. You're going to be inside of a cave, and, going to, and while you're having the birth, going to be in, the domestic animals are going to be around you. You're going to think that this is going to be a little bit, of, it's going to be strange, but don't worry about it. It's going to make a great story, and in a couple thousand years from now, it's going to make a great postcard. <laughs> then... Herod, the king, is going to want to destroy your child. He's going to send in his army to do that. Well, maybe we get back to that in another time. But then when, you're th- when, the, when your child is 12 years old, he's going to go away. You're going to lose him. After three days of diligently searching for the child, you're going to find him in the temple. He's going to want to stay in that temple because it's going to be this father's house. You're going to think that this is a great opportunity because the education here is going to be the best. It's the best in uh, the Jewish world. He cannot stay there. You've got to get him out of there. You can't let him there. It's going to be dangerous. He won't make it to his 15th birthday. You've got to get him back to Nazareth. And then one more thing. He says, when, you're, when he's standing in front of Pontius Pilate, Pilate is going to be judging him. He's going to want to look for any opportunity to let him go because he knows all the charges are trumped up. When he says the charges are trumped up, you're going to want to take that opportunity to send in somebody, anybody, that can talk to Pilate to get him off. You must resist that opportunity. Think of all the things the angel Gabriel could be telling Mary, but not once, nothing. Where did did Mary get the knowledge? How did she know? How was she such a part of salvation history? How did she know what to do? Emmanuel, God is with you. When I first started to fly fish, a very good fly fisherman kindly invited me to go fishing with him and his buddy. So we started very early in the morning, and we fished all morning. They taught me things that I still, tricks that I still even use today. When it was lunch, we sat down together, and they were kind of joking to each other, and I asked them, I says, how long have you been fishing together? It seemed like they had a really strong friendship. 
So the first friend said that we fished since we were little and then got married and my wife got Alzheimer's disease very early. I was going to take care of her. I quit my job. I was a teacher. I lost my career. I lost my pension. I even lost all contact with all my friends so I could completely dedicate all my time to my wife. When she died, I was heartbroken. I didn't have anything. I had nothing left. She was everything I had. I turned to drink. The second friend said, that, yeah, he's, we, we didn't, we fished together and then I, I didn't hear from him for years. And then I remembered him. And I said, I had a thought to give him a call. And I said to myself, why should I give him a call? He never calls me. Never sent me a card. Doesn't care about how I'm doing. Why should I bother? When I did call him, it was a week after his wife died. He was completely, absolutely devastated. And he said to me, what am I going to do? He said, we're going fishing. <laughs> and I was sitting there, and I thought I was sitting in front of just two ordinary guys, just people that like to fly fish. Yet I didn't realize I was sitting in front of two unsung heroes. One dedicated his life to his wife, lost everything for her. And the other one saved the husband. I think that's a really good way to go into New Year's with a resolution, with a proposal, that even us, even ordinary people, can make a difference. Ordinary people can do great things. I'll close with this thought. Mary didn't say very much in Scripture, but she left us a hymn. She left us the Magnificat. And in the Magnificat, she says, all generations will call me blessed. I mean, how impossible? How is that possible? How is it possible? She's from Nazareth. Not one prophet ever even talked about Nazareth, never mentioned it in any of the scriptures. She came from a town that had very little education. She had no family name at all. She's attached to no prophet or no great person. Ordinary, a nobody. And yet she became a, a, the most important part of salvation history. How is that possible? And in her Magnificat, she tells us that ordinary people, nobodies, can do great things. We have a new year ahead of us. May that now be our mantra.